Matthew chapter 13, beginning with verse 45. Jesus is going to speak to his disciples concerning a parable. And a parable very simply is an earthly story to teach a spiritual lesson. The primary point of the parable is to teach about the kingdom. But how many of you know the kingdom's pretty big? So we're going to look at one sliver, one slice, one aspect of the manifold grace of God today. Let's read. Verse 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful or fine pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price or of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. The title of the message today, the title of the truth that God wants to send to our hearts, the title of his life that he wants us to live out today is being able to discern, accurately appraise that which is spiritually precious. Now it said here the merchant was looking for goodly pearls. Hebrews eleven six says those that come to God must believe that he is and then that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. A couple of verses before there was a man who was stumbled across the field and found the treasure. So some of us in our walk have stumbled and found a great treasure. Others have been diligently seeking and found a great treasure. How did that merchant distinguish between the pearl of great price and those other goodly pearls? I teach at Pahokee Elementary School. I'm a PE teacher by profession. And a couple of weeks ago, there was a prominent attorney that was going to donate some money for the children who had excelled in several areas, and he was going to donate some money. He just happened to park his pearl white Rolls Royce in front of the school. Don't you know that everybody that came from the parking lot, all of a sudden all the custodians and the janitors were coming out of the school and everybody was walking around. They weren't going to touch it. They were looking in the interior. They were looking at the paint job. And they were trying to appraise the value of that expensive car. That which is precious by natural standards is different than that which is determined as precious by spiritual standards. We can't look at things with the natural eye and determine its appraisal or its value. How many of you know it's not Wall Street, it's not NASDAQ, it's not the price of silver and gold, and not, it's not the GIA, the Geological Institute of America, that looks at a diamond close up and studies the clarity, the color, the cut, and the weight, and then has the standard for what's precious or what's less precious and what's sub-precious. Isaiah prophesied in chapter 9, verse 6 and 7, unto us a son is born, unto us a son is given, and the government is going to be upon his shoulders. 
and his name's gonna be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there's gonna be no end. The kingdom of God sets the standard for what's precious. The kingdom of God determines the price to be paid for what's precious. I shared earlier that when our girls were going to college, we took care of the first three years, but then in the fourth year, we were starting to wean them off. And they had to begin to learn the value of the dollar. You don't wait to college to learn the value of the dollar. You learn to teach your children the value of the dollar when you teach them to tithe when they're two and three years old. So anyway, so we let them know that they were graduating from Finance 101 and now they're getting into Finance 102 and that they were gonna have to be responsible for a portion of their expenses. We were gonna wean them onto that. So I said, okay, now, both, all the girls, I said, well, now I want you to write a check out next month for X number of dollars. And their response was, oh, dad, just, just transfer, you know, just transfer it. Just transfer it. Because we have an account that we shared and we would transfer the money. I said, no, 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 no. I want you to write the check so you could feel the pain of money leaving your pocket. Because we do everything with the swipe of the card. And I guarantee you, throughout the course of your day, throughout the course of your week, you notice hundreds of price tags and tickets and barcodes and BOGO, buy one, get one. I said again, I don't mind paying a dollar or even a dollar twenty-five for an avocado, but I'm not paying two dollars for an avocado. <laughs> some things we don't mind spending money for, some things we're going to say, the cost or the price is not equivalent to the value. And I'm here to say today that the Lord is wanting to open our eyes to see that which is precious, that which is costly. As Pastor Alex prayed for our veterans and those who paid the ultimate price for freedom, they could pay the ultimate price for freedom because there is one who paid the most ultimate price for freedom. And for that, we're grateful. Amen? So, is it a worthy cause to see are we responsible enough? Should we look at how we value things, how we price things, how we attend certain values to one thing or how we appraise something else that is of a lesser value. And I'm here to say today that we live in a world that is filled with corruption. The world and the doctrines of men wants to dilute and to devalue and to depreciate the gospel. It wants to say that Christ has not come in the flesh, that he's not the son of God. He wants to say that your, your prayers are in vain. And that your faith is in vain. But I want you to know today, Christ has risen. And therefore, our faith is not in vain. And our prayers are not in vain. Glory to God. So, how do we appraise that which is spiritual? It's not with the natural eye. It's with the spiritual heart that God opens the eyes of our understanding. 
Jesus told the disciples earlier, it's for you to know the mysteries and the treasures of the kingdom. Isaiah prophesied and was quoted by the apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He said, eye is not seen, ear is not heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them. That would sound like bad news. But the good news is, but he's revealed them to us by his spirit. And the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. And, and the Lord wants to pull away our tradition. He wants to pull away the blinders. He wants to pull away our own ideas. And I heard this phrase, idealatry. Ide we know what idolatry is, but what's idolatry? Exalting our ideas above the knowledge of God. And the Lord is wanting to pull those things down so that we could see and behold his splendor, his glory, his majesty, and the exceeding riches of his grace in kindness towards us. I remember as a kid going to Yankee Stadium, and back then they would let you go on the field after the game and walking on the field in, in the old Yankee Stadium and just saying, oh my God, oh wow. I was awe, in awe of how deep and wide and high and far out 462 feet was in center field. And it was the same experience when we stood next to the Empire State Building and even a greater experience when we stood on top of the Empire State Building. And that's what the Lord is trying to do. He's wanting to open our eyes so that we can behold and see the glory of the Lord and the breadth and the height and the depth of his love and the breadth and the light and the depth of the riches of his grace and kindness. It'll change our perspective in the way we talk. It'll change our attitude when we come to church. That's why I was so eager to come today because what's going on today is priceless. It can't be paid with silver and gold. Silver and gold is costly, but one day it's all going to burn. That which is precious is determined by it being imperishable, incorruptible. It stands the test of time forever. Hallelujah. Let's take a look at some men, some saints who were able to determine that which was costly, that which was precious. First Moses, in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 through 26, it says this, that Moses, by faith, Moses, okay, when he came to age, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Pharaoh's daughter, I guarantee you, he had a nice name badge for that. Pharaoh's daughter, the son of Pharaoh's daughter, daughter, I'm sure he had a nice throne next to Pharaoh somewhere. The best clothes. How many of you want to know that the lures of life and the pride of life was not enough for him? But he said, rather than be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, he chose rather to suffer affliction with God's own people. And then it says that he esteemed or he placed a high value on the reproach of Christ. And what I'm asking the Lord to do in each one of us, folks, there's enough people here to change 
the course of communities and families. How many families here have loved ones that don't know Jesus? That's a harvest right there. If he can open our eyes to see how precious they are, because when we were enemies of God, Christ demonstrated his love towards us and he sent his only begotten son and gave his life for us. How much more now being reconciled to God does he want to work in our lives? So Moses was able to distinguish present pleasure for future eternal rewards. The second one that we want to look at quickly is the Apostle Paul. And he said in Philippians chapter 3, beginning with verse 7 and 8, he said, look, whatever things were gained to me, all the titles that I had, all those earthly things that I had, whatever those things were gained to me, I counted them loss for the sake of Christ. He said, wait a minute, let me, let me up that one. More than that, I count all things loss compared to the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, whom I've suffered the loss of all things, I count them but rubbish and dung in order that I might gain Christ. Isn't it funny that loss in the kingdom ends up being great gain? Isn't it funny, isn't it the wisdom of this, of our God that makes the wisdom of man foolishness? He said to know Jesus has a far greater surpassing value than anything else. I wonder if Paul was referring to that merchant man once he found that pearl of great price. And then finally, our Lord. Let's take a look at what Jesus said. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, he said, look, don't lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy or where thieves can break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy, where thieves cannot break in and steal. For wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It sounds like some of the other things that told, Jesus was telling the disciples. If you seek to save your life, you're going to lose it. But if you seek to lose your life, you're going to find it or gain it. The economy of the kingdom of God is diametrically opposed to this world system that we live in. And we have to adjust our eyes and our mindset to adjust ourselves to the kingdom of God's way of thinking. Paul, in his loving way, was kind of admonishing the Corinthian church where he said this in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. He said, I fear less by any means that as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds be corrupted from the simplicity that is found in Christ. The cross is simple, but why is it an offense to some and foolishness to others? Because there was a time when people turned their face, as it were, and they despised him as smitten of God. They did not recognize that when they came to him, when Jesus came to his own, his own even rejected him. We could say, I can't, I can't believe anybody would have done that. I can't believe anybody would have turned away Jesus from that. 
The truth is, we were all once like Peter. We were all once that denied him for whatever degree or however manner. But thank God that when Jesus said to Peter, he's saying to us today, and he said once before to us, but I prayed for you that your faith fail not. And when you are strengthened, when you are converted, go strengthen your brethren. Let's take a look at some of the things now. Some of those things that are precious. Thank you, Lord. If you have your Bible, go to 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. 1 Peter. Isn't it amazing that Peter, who denied the Lord, Peter, who was so impulsive, Peter, who was so quick with the sword, now pens this powerful, precious truth. He said, you have not been redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold from your former way of life, which you inherited from your forefathers. But you have been redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without spot and without blemish. To be redeemed means to be brought out of or to have the price, the price paid for our freedom. What was the ultimate price that was paid for our freedom? The blood of Jesus. John the Baptist said, behold the Lamb of God. Here he comes. Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins from the world. And that price that was shed for our freedom, for our liberty, that blood that was poured out on Golgotha's, on Golgotha's cross still cries out today, mercy, mercy. It says here that, that re, in whom we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of his sins according to the riches of his grace. When Jesus shed his blood, not only did it pay the price for the penalty of sin to be broken, but he paid the price for the power and dominion of sin to be broken. Hallelujah. Psalm 107, 20, verse 2 says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We ought to have a, a fresh revelation of what Jesus has done for us. Hallelujah. And the blood that was spilled then on that day is still active and alive today. Why, well, how do you say that? Because we have a mediator who's sitting at the right hand of the throne on God, on high, whoever lives to make intercession for us. He's the minister in the heavenly tab tabernacle, hallelujah. And he is the overseer of the new covenant in his blood. When Paul was speaking to, again to the Corinthian church, and he said, you know, some of you, they're sick among you. He said, when you partake of this bread and drink of this, of this wine, don't do it unworthily because some have become sick not discerning the Lord's body. I want to be able to accurately discern and appraise with the highest value that heaven wants to bestow to us so that we have an understanding of what he's done for us. Hallelujah. His precious blood. The second one I want us to look at today is that his thoughts towards us. The psalmist said in 139 verse 17 and 18, 
How precious are your thoughts towards us, O God. If I should count them, they would number more than the sand in the sea. When I awake, thou art there still with me. When you wake up in the morning, when we wake up in the morning, let the thoughts of God begin to be the strength that gives us the anointing to face the day that God has for us. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for good and not evil. Plans to give you a future and a hope. His thoughts are precious towards us. And his thoughts are precious towards our sons and our daughters, our family, our children, our grandkids. And maybe even those in our workplace that we're having a hard time getting along with. May the Lord open our eyes to see as he sees others. May we place a value on those things that are precious as he values as precious. The next one is, these kind of are related a little bit, his promises. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4 says, whereby are given unto us his precious and magnificent promises in order that by them we could become partakers of his divine nature. I could remember when my girls were small and we go off to work and say, okay, now, when we come home today, when daddy comes home, we're going to practice basketball. They either ran track or played basketball or one thing. So guess what? When daddy came home at four o'clock, where were the girls? Outside with their basketball and their shorts and their sneakers on. Because when their daddy gave them a, pres a, a, a promise, their hearts were filled with an expectancy that daddy said that he would do what he said. The reason why these precious promises are so precious because everything that's precious is set by the standard of his blood. Had it not been for the blood that was shed, had it not been for Jesus being seated at the right hand of the throne on his majesty on high, we wouldn't have these precious promises. Proverbs 13, 13 says, he who despises the word will be in debt to it, but he who reveres the commandments will be rewarded. I don't know how many people have looked in the book of Job lately, but Job chapter 23, 12 says that he esteemed the words of his mouth more necessary than my food. There must be a hunger and a desire for God's word. There must be a hunger and a desire to come to know him, not so that we can come across and say, oh, I've got all these facts and if I know this. No, our desire for the word is to know him. Our desire for the word is to come to an encounter with the living Christ. Our desire to know the word and to know him is so that we could know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, hallelujah. And then finally, what's precious is God's people. And I wanted to say, the Lord, I said, Lord, what do you, you know, you, you, I mean, I told Pastor Alex that I said, you know, when Italians cook, if they got 10 people coming, they cook for 20. You never know who's going to show up. There's so many things that, but Lord, what do you want to say? Lord, what do you want to do? These are your people, God. And the Lord wanted me to tell you, you're precious. We're precious. We're precious. The price that was paid, it says, to feed the flock, the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says, you're not your own. We've been bought with a price. 
Therefore glorify God in your spirit and in your body. So our attitude towards one another begins to shift and change when we begin to look at others through his eyes. When we begin to value others through his eyes. When we look at our own life, our own situations, our own predicaments, our own dilemmas, our own trials and tribulations about who he is and what he's done for us.